for any werewolves, weed whacker deaths, rock and roll, interpretive dance, and Hitler all on this episode. Now it's garbage. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the show. We are Just Another Movie Night, and I am Scott. I'm Joe. You are Joe, and today we are talking trash. Wait, can I say it like a hard rocker? Talking trash! Jeez. <laughs> if anybody can still hear out there, I'm it's not like sure. trying to sing like kind of... I was trying to channel my Bruce Dickinson, but that did not work out. Talking trash! <laughs> <laughs> I obviously cannot do it. But, I mean, Jesse, he, he's a good singer. Jesse's a star of the movie. Oh, yeah. He could definitely pull it off. Well, <laughs> He's very hard rocking. Well, what I was saying was this is talking trash. This is our show to review, spoil, debate, crap on, and give second chances to the hated, the lowest rated, and the much debated, and often forgotten flicks on the internet, all while asking the question, what is the worst movie ever made? And if it's not this, what is? Because here on the show, we believe you can't truly review a movie without knowing what is the worst movie ever made. And today, we are doing, in the whole month of February, in honor of Valentine's Day, our suggested movies from friends we've met online or friends we've known our whole lives. Movie by Records and Beers on, on Instagram, who suggested to do Hard Rock Zombies which is a movie this person has been suggesting her whole lives to us. And uh, we have seen this movie before, but it's been about 15 years, maybe more. Maybe more. And we're, today we're talking about Hard Rock Zombies. Hard Rock Zombies from 1984. Uh, yeah, um, look, this was directed by uh, Krishna Shah. I'm probably saying that wrong. but No, you're saying it right. Um, it was actually filmed in 1983. It maybe came out in 1985. It's very sketchy. Um, it, it was filmed in 1983 by accident as a movie within a movie. It was actually supposed to be in a movie called American Drive-In, which is the same director. He was making the movie American Drive-In, and they were making a fake film to put on the screen during the movie. And... They all liked it so much, they said, hey, let's put a couple more bucks into it and make a feature-length movie. And that's why we have this movie. <laughs> and uh, I would probably say that this one is more known in the cult community than American Drive-In itself, which is really odd. So it's one of those really weird accidents. This has a 4.5 on IMDb with uh, 1,700 reviewers. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean... There's <laughs> okay, you you let's say this. We had seen it a long time ago in our early days of watching movies that we started been we purposely started started watching like movies that are so bad they're good, and we just kind of fell down this rabbit hole of finding these really weird movies, and uh, we actually used to go 
to the video store. Not Blockbuster, but like we had something called like a 16, uh, was it 16,000? 16,000 videos. Yeah, 16, something, 000, something like that. Something like that yeah. And they had like a lot of crap. And we loved, one of our things when we first started dating was we would go to the video store and pick up those crap. We would go down that section and just look for stuff. We would always pass the good movies. And purposely grab the crap. Yeah, because I always went by what the the uh, front of the box had on it. Yeah, we were like, oh, hell yeah. That was yeah. like my drive. I was like, oh, my God, okay, what is this trash? I need to watch it. And we just really got into it. It, In fact, when we first started dating, we actually, one of the things that we uh, kind of had in common that we kind of chatted about before we had started dating, when we were like becoming friends, we uh, would talk to each other about the movies that we liked that were crap. And uh, you had shared a lot with me, and I shared back. Yeah. Uh, you, in particular, showed me how much you loved really crappy movies. I mean, it goes back to, like, Stuart Gordon, Charles Band. These two men shaped my life. <laughs> well, yeah. I think, in particular, it was Witchboard. Yeah. And I, I'm trying to think of the other one. There was another one. Dolls. That, I, I don't remember that being one of the first ones, but I remember we slowly started watching There's a bunch. There's a lot that I made you watch, and... It was kind of a test of like, you know, if he can get through this, then he, I'm going to marry him. And what, what was crazy was, I think at the time, I, I think I'm going to give this to you. I'm going to I'm gonna say that it was you who made me fall in love with the bad movies. Because I was really into cinema, like heavy. I watched a lot. I would rewatch movies. I was listening to uh, director commentary and all that. I was so into film. And you were like, hey, you ever watch this shitty movie? And I was like, uh, no. And then I would watch it and go, Jesus Christ, that sucked. Right. And, uh, I kind of get, fell in love with it and kind of just really enjoyed it. Well, excuse me, sir, but I did introduce you to another cult classic that is very popular that you did fall in love with. And that is the Rocky Horror Picture Show. You've never seen it when we started dating. I had never dating, seen it. Yeah. And I was like, nope, we're watching this. Yeah. You really, like, I had, um, previously gotten into very weird sketchy horror movies but uh there was a few um that i knew about already like i, I watched a lot of trauma which you hadn't seen and uh so i was really into the trauma films with a group of friends we would you know get stoned and drink and stuff like that and we would just sit there and laugh but i never think i don't think i was like in love with it but then it really started opening the horizon while getting into more films together. We started renting them purposely. And I think that I had already a love of horror movies, but I, I think that really started opening up as you and me started watching these movies together. Mm -hmm. And so as that started happening, we started meeting other people who also enjoyed it. And we would start these movie nights we would get together with a lot of friends and there's been multiple groups of friends throughout the years who have watched terrible movies and we've forced them to watch bad movies with us. And we've been doing it for a very, very long time. Mm -hmm. And so because of that, people would suggest, and these are the early days, uh, suggest other bad movies. And so this one was one of those early movies that someone had said to us, our, you know, our friend, and he is back again, telling us to watch it again. And, I I I'm really I was really happy about it, like because I was like I do not remember this movie except for a few things. There was a couple details, and they all came back, and I was like, "Yep, okay, I remember that. I remember this." But you, I don't think you remember mo any of this, really, right? No, I mean, I actually when I saw 
the actor that was uh, that played Nigel in the Ghoulies 2 movie, I was like, oh, oh, okay, now I remember. I remember this. I know exactly what this is now. Um, but I didn't remember, like, shot for shot, scene for scene at all. Uh, uh, so I kind of went in just, it was like a refresher. Because yeah. I had, I did not remember. I mean, it was like at least 15 years since we've seen this. So uh, Yeah, if, if not I don't more. remember. Yeah, it might have been way more. I don't even know. But, um, yeah, that, the actor you mentioned is uh, Phil um, Fonda Caro. Fonda Caro, I believe that's how you say, pronounce his name. But he was in Willow, Return of the Jedi. Uh, he was Greaser Greg in the real shitastic movie, The Garbage Pail Kids film. Don't you ever talk bad about that <laughs> Oh, movie. my God. That's one of my least favorite hey, films hey, of all time. That's a, a cult, that's a cult movie. No, okay? oh, oh, and well, guess who introduced you to The Garbage Pail Kids? Unfortunately, yes. You know what? I'm taking full credit for all of this. Now, he's the, I would say that he's the only actor in this film that anybody will recognize. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like everybody else is just, I mean, like, and, and being honest, when you go to the IMDb and you look at the pictures of all the actors, only about a handful have actual photos. So, you know, that means that the other is probably not really in enough. Well, I mean, they probably only made this movie and then, you know, just decided this is, I can't go on. Yeah, I can't a, make any more movies. A lot of short films, a lot of stuff like that. Yeah, not as much as you would assume. Yeah. I, I was having a hard time actually finding more information about each person. Uh, that was actually a thing because we kept talking about it during the movie. What, how, what's the age of this person? What, did this, who's singing this song and all that kind of stuff. And the only other person is the lead musician actor. Like, I guess he, I guess you can call him the lead actor actor not really it's really it's, it's he has iffy. a cool name his name is ej curse yeah he actually went by a different name during the making of this it was uh curico hmm. yeah um which it sounds like a, a spell from the harry potter films um <laughs> yeah he's known for playing such amazing roles in tv like springsteen wannabe on uh bones or gigolo james on head over heels oh but God. that's about it uh this guy looks like he should be in a lot because he looks like chris cornell but if he had a mustache, like I can like see that long with the when he did have a mustache at one point, but that's when he had short hair. But this guy has the long, heavy metal, uh, yeah, the heavy it's metal a mullet. hair. It's like it's just a mullet. Yeah, it literally is. He looks like he should be in more stuff. He just looks like that kind of actor. All right, so on this show, we spoil the hell out of the movie. We talk out the whole plot. We try our hardest to talk out everything. So we're going to start that now. I, I was just going to say that this is another one of those movies that's hard to talk about because it's so insane and so crazy. I mean, things just start happening and there's no real rhyme or reason to it. And it, it's just there. You when, when you hear the information that this movie was made as a part of another film, you can see it completely. It feels almost like a bunch of bits stuck together. It really does. There's it really like, does. There's there's scenes in particular that look like they were filmed with a new camera, like just complete handheld, like almost like it's about to be an old commercial. <laughs> it, it, it's so wild. There's like no explanation on anything that happens in this movie. Zero. There's no explanation. Things just happen, and there's they just put scenes, they shot scenes, and then they just clicked them together, but they don't verbally explain anything that's happening in this movie at all i 
I don't know about that. There's no explanation. Well, okay, because you said stuff during the movie. I was like, let's wait and talk on the podcast. Okay, can I just can I just say briefly, real quick, what we've got going on here as far as characters? Well, do you want to go in order, or do you just want to ramble about the characters? I mean, I'm just trying to understand where the the reasoning. You know, let's just talk this out. I I I need help. The movie starts in a way where you think it's on our list of things that are no-nos. When you see them on a film, you should automatically get scared that you're going to watch a terrible, terrible film. Uh, because it starts with a driving sequence. But it quick it quickly catches up because we get our like a, a music opening with someone hitchhiking and then picking it up. And it's like this young girl who's hitchhiking. And these people who pick her up automatically are like, hey, we're all going to have sex. Which is like, oh, what? Okay, sure, why not? And, of course, they go to a lake, they get undressed, and one of them gets in the water with her, I guess, to fool around, and she pushes him under the water while someone else is videotaping, and we see two people with dwarfism. One in particular looks like a a goblin, or is in some kind of weird monster makeup. I don't understand. Uh, Why... Like is that a deformity or? Well, in in the movie, I, it no, is it is a deformity, and it kind of is a little bit of explained. Okay, well, I'm gonna need some some help on that. But yeah, that, she's she's um frolicking in the water for two seconds. She puts him this guy who he's there's two guys. There's a driver and a passenger. So I'm I'm guessing she takes out one of these guys in the water, puts him under, but the, I, I motion to you, I'm like, okay, she's drowning him. I get it. Why is there blood coming up? Yeah, this is one of those movies that's like not explaining what is making blood happen. And this well, is like we number had this problem. one on the list. I had no explanation. We had, we had this problem in Zombie 3 where people were getting pushed underwater and we just assumed that there was some kind of mutant monster under the water all the time. And it never gets explained, but we just laugh. I, I kept saying to you, "Is are they suggesting that her vagina is biting people? I, I could not tell what well, was happening in the sequence. Here, here's the thing. If that was, okay, say that's happening. But this guy could easily overpower this little yes. woman. Yes. Why is it he's just allowing himself to be drowned? I, I, I'm, I'm I mean, having trouble with the scene. They suggest like she has some kind of power. I, I have what? no. What? No. Okay. Look. But then the well, other guy gets in the fucking water. Okay. Well, my favorite thing about this is why he can't see that he she's killing this other well, guy. Well, Scott, he has his back turned. Yeah, and when they show him getting into the water, he looks like he lost his keys. He's looking for something. He's looking for something. Yeah, and you know what? I think personally, the actor was scared to be in that body of water. Is that what it was? I or feel was like he, he or, was treading. Very lightly, because I'm sorry, I would not want to be in that lake. Who knows what's in there? True. I thought that maybe he was looking for his friend suddenly. What, underneath the water? Well, he's no, he's not looking underneath the water. He's looking all around, away from where the woman is. But here's the thing. He was literally inches away from them. He can't hear the splashing of her drowning this man. And then he turns around, and she grabs him and drowns him the same way. She and does. there's blood. There's blood again. What is going on? I, I don't know, but my favorite thing about the blood is that when they show the two bodies, no wounds. No. They show them because apparently the person taking a fo- the photos, who's really enjoying it, like getting off on it, 
he, that guy and also the two others and which one of them by the way was uh that phil uh that actor from uh yeah Coolies. who played nigel and he's Coolies. one of the two people watching as well they all are joined up and they're laughing and posing with the bodies and I, so they're all in cahoots and that's very very like okay what the hell is this this is odd right off the bat but i love the two bodies they're in like sheets like they're wrapping them up but there are no wounds they actually look like they've been dead for days they're like blue but what can i ask you what the reasoning is of them dragging the bodies out of the water after she drowns them they, they don't show us anything that happens after that with the bodies well nothing I, so okay they're using the body parts for things i, I don't no particular because in the next scene there's like a hand so i'm guessing it's one of these guys hands i, I have no clue I, I that i don't really know they're just mass murderers let's just say that um this is just rob okay. zombie characters maybe that's I, I number one that's the first thing that happened in the movie and it's the first thing that gets unexplained but who There's cares, lots right? of these scenes. Because the next scene is where we get into the meat of the movie. This is where we get heavy fucking metal. The hardest rocking people ever. They're not hard rock zombies yet, but they're hard rockers, right? <laughs> Okay, I, I, no. This is heavy no. metal, Joe. No, but there's nothing. They want you to know metal this or is heavy. hard rock. No. This is like kick-ass metal time, right? This is like if Toto and Asia, like, got really mad and then decided to make, like, an album together. What band is it? What are we, what are we watching? What was the name of this band? Holy Moses. Holy Moses. There's nothing metal or hard rock or anything. There's no hard anything about these guys. They literally should be wandering around in white leisure suits and ascots. They're pussies. I have no idea what's happening. This is not a, a hard rock band. Nothing about them screams hard rock except for their hair. Uh. And that's I mean, even questionable. That's what you want to say, all right? To me, in in movie history, there's only been two rock bands that have ever rocked my socks off, and that would be Spastic Colon. Would you please join me in a warm welcome for Spastic Colon? <laughs> Total cutie. 
Masterpiece Shock 'em Dead and Holy Moses from this movie. I hate this band. I love it so much. They, they're okay. I feel like I, I love it. I something about this is a subgenre. We didn't get to talk about that. I should have talked about that in the opening, but this is a subgenre of horror films that is never ceased to make me laugh or smile. The the rock and roll horror movie subgenre. Every single one of these films always makes me laugh. I think it's about the fake band and the fake music that always makes me smile. And this movie is no exception. Like, it, it just gets me to laugh every time they sing. I mean, I feel like Skippy, who was, he played Skippy in Family Ties. He was in the movie Trick or Treat, not to be confused with the anthology film. But he played a, a musician mm-hmm. in that movie. And I feel like Skippy from Family Ties, was more hard-rocking than these dudes. Well, fun fact. All right, fun fact. The music is by Paul Sabu, who's the son of an Indian film uh, born film star who uh, came over to America and made movies. His name was Sabu. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he's a producer. This, this guy, the, the son, uh, Paul, he's a producer. He produced music for David Bowie, Hart, Alice Cooper, and Margaret. And he did the songs for this movie, and he also did the songs for Trick or Treat. Oh, my God. And Ghoulies, too. Oh, my God. Okay, mind blown. And vice versa, oddly. So, uh, yeah, this guy's still going. Uh, he's made, uh, he does songs for TV, Sex and the City, stuff like that. Really odd. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, interesting. I, I thought that was really interesting. When you brought up Trick or Treat, I was like, well, fun fact, those great songs in that movie, here they are again. This I'm- is the same guy. If Skippy from Family Ties can outmetal you, you got a problem. And these guys are outmetaled by Skippy from Family Ties. <laughs> well, that's the, that's the great part of this movie. This uh, Holy Moses is so far from hard rock. This is like uh, this is like music that would have came out of the fifties, like the first rock and roll coming out of the fifties and the sixties, like when the Beatles were doing it. Like, this is like that kind of jam. Like it does not feel hard rock at all. It is just very poppy. Rock and roll. It's like if Toto and Asia had like a baby. That's what you know, in like a drug fueled rage or something. That that's what this band would be. And you know, there's nothing that screams like badass about this band at all. No, like, they look like Van Halen, but they sound like. I don't know, like Chuck Berry or something, something out of like no Chuck Berry, like something out of like the that's what I'm saying, the late fifties, early sixties of that rock and roll pop, like that like, early Frankie Beatles. Frankie Avalon, that's what he sounds like. I yeah, I mean, it's just I what well, I didn't mean he sounded like Chuck Berry, oh. but I mean that type of like easy song with hmm. the pop in, you know, like uh, you know, Buddy Holly and the Crickets, like just that pop in, like oh yeah. <sighs> I know. I mean, <laughs> well, anyways, the funniest part about it is the movie treats them like they're badass heavy rock stars, and that people love them. They're playing a shithole bar in the middle of nowhere, and every woman 
is throwing themselves at them on stage. And again, they're playing just poppy music. But I love the fact that everybody around them is so threatened. Everybody is threatened by their music. Like they're, they're going to rot people's brains with this stuff. You think that when a movie does that, they're going to have death metal. You know, they're going to be Black Roses, another movie we haven't done on the show. We got to do uh, Black Roses where they're like sing Satan music. You know, well, of course, that's when you have people being scared. This stuff is actually nice music. And like, and there's people nothing... are dancing to it. So if you're dancing to it, how how hard can it be? While they're playing music, we are cut to these four guys at a bar talking about how, do you really want your kids to listen to this? Like, oh my God, it's going to ruin America. And they're all over there going, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, really? It's pop. <laughs> this it's is going like, to hurt America? It, it's 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 terrible. I mean. God, God forbid they, they hear gangster rap. You oh know, like, then, then you have something really to, like, you're scared about, you well, know? Well, I mean, there's no fear anyway. This town has a population of about 14 people. Well, that's not even, the, that's not the main, they're just in a small bar somewhere else. Right. Because the next, uh, well, first off. They go behind this, you know, the, the scenes. They're in their dressing room, and we know they're in their dressing room because everybody's in a speedo. Everybody's <laughs> naked. Guitarist is in a pink speedo. He's in a pink speedo. I'm like, nothing says sex appeal like a pink speedo on a man. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> we we didn't even know this. We had to question this twice during the movie. How many members were in the band? Because we could swear there was five in the opening, and then the rest of the movie there's only four and a and a and a like a a manager, like a, they have a band manager with them. Yeah, so there. I mean, I'm telling you, I counted. There's five. There's five band members. Then the, the, the whole movie there's only four at the end. I, I, because there's only four that come out of the. I don't know. Anyways, we'll get to that. But uh, yeah, there's uh, they're in their speedos and they're all there, and the singer is just. He's not that kind of guy. He's sweet. Yeah, he He's doesn't loving. need to sign breasts. Yeah, and the other ones are all in for the, 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 the women, the fan, you know, the groupies. And so they unleash them. They unleash all the women from the bar into the room where they're in their Speedos. And they sign their asses and all that, you know. But the, the singer, the lead singer, he's just not into this. He's got to go outside and he's got to bump into another character from this movie, Cassie. Okay, who is literally, if you look up, if you watch this movie and you look up Sarah Jessica Parker in the movie Girls Just Want to Have Fun from the 80s, she's in that with Helen Hunt. If you look at her in that movie and you look at this actress in this movie, they look very similar. Kind of. Yeah. I mean, I can see what you're saying. Very similar. She has that eyebrow. The eyebrows, the hair, the eyes. I think this girl's cuter. That I, I feel like she's like not... Let's call her not Sarah Jessica Parker. She looked just like her, like a lot like her. But she's like supposed to be this like young girl. And I'm going to tell you something. She looked no more than 15 years old, this girl. You think so? Yep. Yep. 100%. Jesse, who's the lead singer of the band, comes out of the dressing room and encounters her. And she starts running away a little bit. And he's like, hey, hey, little girl, what are you doing here? And she's like, I just came to warn you, don't play the show in the town. He doesn't say little girl. He says, hey, how you doing? And you want to come back, you want to come and meet the band and get a signature. And then she's like, no. 
And then he's like, "Okay, what do you you know what are you doing here, little girl?" Yeah, like, she, yeah. What are you doing here, little but girl? But it was kind of like in a sweet way. He's like really like nice to her. No, he's nice to her. Yeah. He's not being a dick, but like she literally just went there to warn them not to play their next show, which is in her town. Yes. So he, you know, she offers no explanation. She's like, "Please, just don't. They don't want you there. They don't want you there. Please don't come." That's yeah. it. But obviously they go anyway. Of course. He's like, well, we got a big show and we have a man and we have a big uh, meeting with a, a head producer. We have to go. But the best thing about this is like in, in the next scene, you see them driving in their van with their manager. And of course they, they, they encounter the, the hitchhiking lady from the opening who killed those two guys. Yeah. But before that happens, I have to set up because it's a big plot point in this film. They're playing, he's playing a new song that he's writing. And that song, the lyric is, Reeknit, Reeknits, Asi, Enra? Omnus Asandre Amen. Morte Asandre Amen. Signus Asandre Amen. Omnus Asandre Amen. Believe. I think you just summoned Satan. Yes. So he says that over and over and over. And he says that he found a spell book. And apparently it's a chant to, to raise the dead. And so they keep swatting a fly that's flying around inside their van. And every time he says the words, the van keeps, the fly keeps coming back. And they're like, I swear, I killed this fly like eight times. Okay. So I have a problem with this. Why is this singer of a band writing lyrics like that? He does not strike me as some kind of, like, witchcraft. I would love to know if there was a scene where he got this book and they just didn't film it. Like, it's so odd. This is another, this is number two of the explanations that I need. Because the first one, when there's... There's blood in the water for no reason. There's that one. I mean, that's just a stupid horror movie joke. Like, it's just not even whatever. And same thing no here. Sense. It's a joke that they found a book. He's like, oh, I just happened to find a spell book that brings back the dead. I have to bring this. This is a great fun fact about this. The lyrics are actually back spelling backwards. Ernie is a stinker. <laughs> And Ernie is the singer of the band. His name is EJ Curse. Uh, the reason they did this and they did it on purpose is because he would not stop farting on the set on all the coworkers. And they did it as a joke back at him that he was saying that backwards. You know what? That's the most hard rock thing I've heard about this movie. <laughs> yep. He kept farting. And so they have him saying, Ernie. Ernie's a stinker backwards in all the song, all the play, and it, it's played a lot in this film. Wow. <laughs> they say it a lot. Yeah, they do. They they pick up that girl like you were saying. They pick up the hitchhiker, and of course that the, the w- couple of the guys are like, "I want to have sex and all that," and she's like, "Hey, um, turn up here," and they're like, "Why?" And they're like, "It's my house. You should stay with us. You should stay with my family." Well, see, that that's unclear because she does say you should stay with us. And nobody in the van even questions who is us. Yeah. You know, they're just like, okay. Yeah. Uh, well, the manager is not so keen on it because they have a hotel apparently. But uh, they talk him into it. So they go to the family house. And it's a giant house. 
and we get to meet the weirdos. So from the beginning, we have the camera guy again laughing in the tree. We have the mutant-looking little person, and we have the other actor we mentioned before. Um, there, he's in like a tux, a small tuxedo type thing. And uh, there's also another guy in a tux with like he's bald headed with sunglasses. He looked like Tor Johnson from all yeah, the but, Ed Wood but movies. Skinny. Yeah, but but skinnier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he did. I was like, oh, okay. Are we doing this? So he, when they get the band gets out of the truck, oh, the of the van, the whatchamacallit, or their whatever their van. When they all get out, uh, the one guy throws them a hand. He goes, here, let me give you a hand. And so they all scream and they all throw it to each other like hot potato. And uh, the one guy kisses it in the band. Now, what we know is, we learn is, is an actual human hand. Yeah. But no one even comes to that, like, idea. And the one guy kisses it like it's a joke. I mean, I feel like you don't know what to expect. I mean, if someone does that to you, throws you a hand, you automatically just think it's fake because... Who would think that it's well, real? When you're holding it, like, for a second, like... That, well, you can feel the flesh. You can kind of feel like this yeah, is really real. But, I mean, these guys are not the brightest. No. Now, my favorite bit, I think this is flashed throughout the movie so far, and it's not explained what it was, what it is, but there is an old woman in a wheelchair in a dark room as a werewolf. And she just howls. Now, when I say a werewolf with the with the old oh woman wig and the old woman moo moo, but she has hair on her face, like she's transformed into a werewolf. She's so a, if full, she, not even hair on her face, she's a full werewolf. Yes, but if she transformed into a werewolf, wouldn't the hair turn into werewolf hair instead of the wig that they had on the actress? Yes, they, they have the wig on the mask. <laughs> I love it so much. She had the wig on her, and this person every time this person's shown. It's just howling. <laughs> and they hear it. Now it's the day. It's daytime. It's daytime and this and is happening. And they're all outside with the hand thing. And they hear the wolf howl. And they go, what the hell is that? Oh, that's just mom. That's just grandma. I think she says grandma. She, she says, says mom. grandma. Oh, she's like, oh, that's just grandma. Oh, uh, she's doing her scream therapy. I don't want to be impolite, but what's that screaming? It's just my mother's primal scream therapy. Quiet, Mama! Guests! You see, we're very accommodating to our guests. Uh, I looked at you and I was like, what is going on right now? Okay. Okay, so right now, our characters that live in this house are um, the guy, the, the... tall guy who reminds me of angus what's his name from phantasm who's he kind of looks like that the the tall guy the guy with the camera who's he who's he's like oh he doesn't look like that the grandfather he, he, he angus looks like a Grimm. james bond villain that guy he kind of does but he has movie. that weird that weird he's in, a, t- he's in a suit jacket with a suit a vest and everything and he's just taking pictures and he's just laughing yeah, he's just, he's creepy. He's got that creep factor like Angus Scrim. Anyway, then you got the two little people. One's like really fucked up looking, deformed. You got the blonde girl who's the hitchhiker who's not bad looking. Then you got Grandma Werewolf. 
And in the next scene, we meet our other character. It just keeps getting better. So there's a, I guess it's grandma is not a wolf. Having sex with a man in a mustache, an older man in a mustache, they're having sex and they stop. They're talking in German. She says, Scheiße. Right off the bat. Yeah, right off the bat, and, but you, and, you don't know that what they're saying. That she's just making up words. Well, that means shit. Well, I know that, yeah, but, okay, but all the other words. Uh, yeah, there's like, well, they're just talking. And then what's really creepy is the two uh, people with dwarfism come in and they stand on the sides of the bed. And, and they ask them if, we if can they watch. can watch. This is like, uh, was it Denny in uh, the room? Oh, my God. Who wants to just watch? I like uh, to watch you guys. I like to watch you guys. That's what they say. And they go, okay, this is the old man says, what the hell are you doing in here? And they're like, we just want to watch. And then he says, it's bad enough that I let my kids watch, but my grandkids. So these two little people are the grandkids and they want to watch their grandparents having sex. Yes. Okay. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And they say, all right. Yeah. They let them and stay. And they go back at it. They let them stay. That's so, just normal behavior. So this is a, they, I guess, grandpa. It's grandma and grandpa. And grandpa, yeah. Yep. It's just my mother's primal scream therapy. Um, <laughs> I, I, I can't. Well, the band settles in and meets the whole family and then goes on a nice music video of touring the town for some reason. It's like they film a music video for no reason. I don't know if it's for us or if they're I actually filming it. I think that their manager told them to do a promo okay. for their tour. So that's what they were doing. And they're just, you know, goofing around and skateboarding through the town and hanging out with the townsfolk and whatever. Which is really crazy because everybody seems to be enjoying it. Except they keep flashing to a cop with sun sunglasses and another guy making faces. And they show the same two faces over and over and over during this montage yep. of the song playing with them posing and doing fun things and just being goofs yeah really and then they weird, show the, the cop and the the other guy just like looking at them with disgust but they just keep reusing the same shot over yeah. and over and the townspeople seem to love it everybody but the cop and the other guy seem to love what's going on which is really crazy going forward because what we learn is that the town doesn't want them to play music there because yeah. they're devil music. That's what the girl said. Her name's Cassie. That's what Cassie said. She's like, they don't want you there. So what the hell? They, everyone in the town was happy to see them. Yeah, all the kids. All, there's a lot of people in this town that do not come back into the movie. Everybody who is supposed to be in this town apparently doesn't want them there. And Cassie is there again, and he's the, the lead guy. Sees no. it. Well, yeah, Jesse. Yeah. He sees her and runs after her. She runs away and she runs into her father, who I think, I don't know who he is in the town. He, he seems like he's going to be a mayor or yeah, something, but he's not. Yeah, he sounds like he's the mayor, but he's. I, I, don't, I don't know who he so. is, but he uh, tells her, uh, you, What are you you're doing that nonsense? You're being a part of that nonsense in town? And she's like, No. And then Jesse comes up. He's like, Hey. And meets the father. She says, he says, girl, get away. You know, go go home. And she, he tells Jesse, you're not welcome here. We don't want your concert. We want you to get out of town. But the whole town was just so happy to see them. That's what I, it's so confusing. It makes no sense. So, so logically, they lock them up in jail. They put them, all right, jail? This is a, a barn. 
paper mache, like cardboard box with like it's fake got, bars on it. It's got it's got hay in it, so it made me think it was some kind of barn. Now, first of all, they don't have the right at all no. to lock up these human beings, and secondly, they can literally just flick the wall and it'll crash over. This is the worst thing I have seen in a long time. You, this is supposed to be a jail. I, I got nothing. So I guess the manager gets them out and they, they have to make a promise Mm-mm. to like... No, um, the the woman, uh, they actually, um, the singer talks to Jesse through the, um, Cassie through the bars. And mm-hmm. I, that's really funny because I thought it was a window they couldn't reach through and the front door also has a window on it but it looks like you reach through it and i was like why don't you just open the door they could blow it over it's made of paper mache. <laughs> it's not it's a barn it's definitely a wall it, it's ridiculous but, but they tell cassie hey don't they tell her to go get go get the manager so they, actually he tries to give them the money that they they pull together which is only 35 dollars to pay their 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 bail and uh jesse says no i can't and he says um you know Oh, please, uh, you know, he tries to talk to her. And you can see that this guy's, like, crushing on this girl heavily. You know, he keeps talking to her. She's smiling. She's into him, too. But she runs off. Luckily, the people that own the house, the woman that they picked up hitchhiking, comes and bails them out. But She pays the bail. Because they want victims. I mean, for what? I don't know. So... What they, is she sacrificing these people for? Because they're nutcases. That's is, all you need to know like is a, there, it's like, a horror movie. There's no rhyme or reason, though. Like, I can see if they needed to keep Grandma a werewolf or whatever and sacrifice people to, to the moon or whatever. But so, don't you say that for any horror movie? Like, don't you always say, why do the killers kill? I mean... Like, why? why guess, do, yeah, of course. I just need a little bit more here. I, I, I don't know I don't why. think it's necessary in the sense that they just want to kill people. But uh, they they bail them out and they bring them back to the house and they have a they set up all their equipment in the front of this house to play to practice their music because they're telling them that the concert's canceled. But the manager is pissed off because he has a big producer coming in and then they have to you know uh, they have to do this whole th- thing for the producer they have to do this show because they want to get big and they need this producer to see them so that's like a big part of it well before they play their music in front of the house while they're setting up he goes and talks to Cassie again he has a little meeting with her in there and the uh, her, like a truck and he says to her you know um, are you okay and all this stuff and he what's your name can you please tell me your name at least and she's like no and he's like look i wrote a song about you i've been thinking about you all day the least you can do is tell me your name so i can have a part the name for my song so she says cassie that's what he knows and he gives her his ring all right i'm a little confused here (laughs) because she looks like she's all of 15 years old, okay? he's This is the 80s, so any 22-year-old man looks like they're 47. Yes. And that's what made me think that maybe she's older, too. No, I don't think she is. And we could not find anything on this actress no. on the, online at all. Well, how but, did she get to the bar? How did she even get out of her town and go to that bar to see them play? Her bicycle? I don't know. I does it even the, matter? The, yeah, it does because I'm just asking. You're questioning things, but you're not questioning the fact that this dad let her leave town I'm sure to she's see them in a bar. Out. 
She probably snuck out. That doesn't. Does any of this even matter? No. Well, that's <laughs> what I'm saying to you. You're questioning things. I don't think they're. I'm just questioning this whole situation because I, I, I have a lot of questions. Uh, it so, gets worse. So uh, Cassie runs off now. That gave him his title of his song. Cassie. So eh. he can. Um, so metal. He can play the, uh, the song at the same time. The manager goes into the city hall where they're going to have a city hall meeting to vote on having rock and roll in the town or not. And uh, the manager's trying to get them to allow the band to play. But they all veto it. They don't let him talk at all. There's like a lot of silliness. There's a lot of like stupid jokes that go on for a little bit of them all being goofy rednecks. Yeah. But then we cut to them. The band is actually, they, they set up their little practice run outside the mansion, right? And everybody comes out, the whole family comes out to see them. Yes. But when they start playing, the father in particular is visibly pissed. He's infuriated, but then he starts smiling and I'm looking at him and I'm like, oh, what is he, what is he looking at? And then you can see the two little people up on the top of the rafters and they're about to plug something in now they electrocute this whole band okay they should be dead they should be dead at this point but the singer kicks the plug and is able to break the electricity yes okay fine but you would think that something like this happening would maybe deter you from wanting to like stay or you know maybe just go find a hotel why are they staying with these strange people? Nobody even questions it in the band. Like, nobody even says, what is your deal? What is wrong with you? Why is grandma a werewolf? Or why is, what is wrong well, she with doesn't her? she look like a werewolf. They never see that. I know, but she, the howling therapy, come on. Yeah. Like, that's just, and also it's in the middle it's of a, nowhere. It's supposed to make you laugh, Joe. There's a deformed little person. The The father is yeah, like. They finally I mean, reference that, that they see that little guy. And the one, one of the band members is like, you see that guy? Like, what the hell is going on with there? Yeah, there's there's so much going on. Like, it, it looks like the family from the freaking, like, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yes, yes. And nobody even bats an eye. They no, threw they... a freaking hand at them, and they caught it, and they didn't even bat an eye at all. Like, it, they're not even taken aback by any of this. They got electrocuted. Uh, before they get electrocuted, the band members are talking about how the one guy's like, I feel like they're going to kill me in my sleep, this family. I don't know why we're staying here. Right, exactly. He, He's... Like, they're referencing it. The one guy is so into the the girl, that the hitchhiker, that he doesn't care. Like, that, the two guys are like, oh, I want that girl. And uh, the singer is just like, <laughs> likes that girl in town. Um He's not thinking about anything else. The one guy in the band wants to sleep with the hitchhiker. Uh, there's only like two of the other band members, and the manager's trying so hard to get the concert happening. So they're not really all focusing on things. There's only a few of them that seem to be visibly like, oh my God, this is freaking me out. Um, but anyways, they get electrocuted. They kick the circuit. Now, I, I want to know how they... I don't, I, I don't understand how the drummer's getting electrocuted, but that's fine. The drummer in this movie, we have to talk about is never actually playing the drums. I don't know if all of the music is coming out of the Casio keyboard player's uh, st- mm-hmm. equipment, but uh, the drummer is always faking. It's okay. It, I it's had like, to point this out six times. The, I said dragon sound. 
you insult dragon sound, sir. Okay. Because they were actually playing their instruments or they actually looked like they were playing their instruments better N- than this. Not a YKM. This guy, <laughs> YKM, but this guy was playing the cymbals with one drumstick throughout this whole entire movie. Now, why didn't anyone give this guy instructions on how to at least fake it? Yeah. He was, I don't know what or his other... Or at least edited him improperly for playing the notes right. Because right. he's always hitting the cymbal. He's only hitting the cymbal and he's only playing with one arm. And I kept thinking the whole movie, where is his other arm? Like, what is going on? What do you on? think, it's like Def Leppard or something? I mean, no, he, I don't know what he was doing with his other arm. But the, there's only one arm hitting the cymbals and you can hear bass drum. You can hear every other kind of... There's no point to this drummer he's the worst faker of I, all time i have we have to talk about this you and me because it's stupid shit that i think like that you know of I point all out. the times you love shitty movies and all the movies you've put on or loved that we've done on the show this one is for some reason making you the most perplexed and angry and I have no idea why. I have to tell you. It's goofy. It's all made as a huge joke. I know. And I'm I'm still, hey, let me tell you. I'm doing the best I can here. I just can't, like, at least just pretend that you know how to play the drums. Just fake it. You know, even Spastic Colon did better than this. And they were the shittiest band I've ever heard. R.I.P. Johnny. Oh, R.I.P. Johnny. <laughs> so... They oh they are they survive electrocution get over it pretty damn quick actually, and they stay there. Um, now I'm skipping ahead a little bit here, but please skip ahead. <laughs> the band is after this that night because they're all so excited that they electrocuted them, but then they survived. They're a little like ah, oh. so uh, they all go off, and during the night. They are. They start being killed off. So we get an entire song piece where they're like each one of them is getting murdered. So one goes to see the granny who turns into the werewolf, and now she has a switchblade. Why would a, a werewolf giant need switchblade? Why would a werewolf she, need that? Why? She cuts. She is able to. I, I forgot about that in the opening. They're able, that is the hand from the guy in the opening, because I forgot in the opening, the hitchhiker flipped the switchblade open and perf- perfectly sliced off a hand with a switchblade with yeah. one stroke. Yeah. So that was the hand they were throwing around earlier. But yeah, she's able to take out the switchblade and kill this one guy. Uh, he, he actually rolls around the room. She gets out of the wheelchair as the werewolf and starts running around after him. And the, he just keeps running around. He's the actor is so funny. He's doing this the whole time. Like that. That's all he's doing running around this room. It is amazing. There's no acting. exit to the goddamn room. You can't find it. He's rolling over the bed. There's a werewolf in a in a muumuu in a in a wig attacking him. She looks like all oh, right. Come on. I love Be fair, it. she looks like grandma from like the little red riding hood story. Yes, she does. When she's in the and gown. When, when the wolf is pretending to be yes, the grandma. Yes, yes. Yeah. That's what she looks like. And it's hysterical. Like, and then finally he gets thrown out the window. <laughs> uh the other guy is uh stabbed in the chest and his his organs are ripped out. Mm-hmm. Uh, the one guy gets in the shower. Uh, the hitchhiker girl goes past him to go take a shower. She gives eyes at him, so he follows her upstairs. She gets in the shower. We get the naked scene. 
he gets in the shower with her and he's like, I'm in love. Well, and I she mean, says, do you know, do you like movies? And he says, yeah, I do. And she's like, how about like Psycho? And he's like, Whoa! and she stabs him to death with another giant switchblade. In all fairness, though, it that was she had a, behind. It was Ma- a sexy, sexy shower that she, she was taking. Yeah, she might have had that switchblade between her cheeks, like uh, dangerous <laughs> the movie Dangerous Men, where the woman is holding the, the knife in her butt cheeks. <laughs> I don't know where that knife was in that shower, but I mean, she had it in the soap dish. <laughs> yeah, he she stabs him, and the guy at the photographer is right there going. Ugh. Okay. The photographer, meaning the guy that lives in the house with... Yeah, he's he's, the other. Yeah. Uh, I'll I'll have to talk about what I think is going on with the family, but we'll we'll get on to that. There's something going on with the family? I mean, come on. uh, So, uh, uh, I think the only one left is Jesse, who's who's met up with Cassie. And he tells Cassie that I I, I think they come for him. So, he gives her a tape of their song that he wrote which is the one with the spell of bringing back people from the dead, he gives it to her and says, if they get me, play this at my grave. Okay. And she runs off, and then he runs off. Now, it goes from night to day in the sequence. <laughs> like, they went to the Ed Wood school here. Hey, they couldn't that's f- my line. They couldn't film <laughs> in the dark, so they waited for a little bit of daylight. Yeah. So... The sun, um, uh, let, let's just say the sun's coming up. Maybe it's been that long of a night. Who knows? Uh, and he is crucified onto a tree with his hands out. And then he gets the, by the way, the killer, it's the bald headed killer, uh, part of the family. Not the guy, Tor Johnson. He runs after him. Now, I guess it's the California weed whacker massacre because he's chasing <laughs> him with a weed whacker. And at the end, he weed whacks his chest. Oh my now God. I, I, I would a weed whacker kill somebody? Yes. I don't think so. It's just a rope that spins around. When it would just slap at your chest. It would no, like, it would cut the shit out of you. It, it would die. Cut. I yeah. don't know if it would kill you. No, it would kill you for sure. You can definitely uh, die by weed whacking. I want to do a movie myth busting so bad. I just want to do a like. Have you ever things. seen a weed whacker? There's blades. Of course. It's not a blade. Yes, it is. Unless you're you're thinking about that one with the... I thought usually a weed whacker uses a rope. It's like a rope that slaps around. I No, I really think or that Unless you're thinking you. about that one that's like... Um, they use on the uh, hedge on the floor that's like a piece of metal. I don't think... Was, she, was that one coming out of this weed whacker? Isn't that a weed whacker? No. I don't know. I need to look up what a weed whacker... Let me, you know what, let me look up the goddamn weed whacker. <laughs> I'm getting upset. Because you can it's definitely die by a weed whacker. I just thought, I'm just laughing about the weed whacker because usually uh, the one that he seemed to be using wasn't a like a like an edge uh, tool. It looked like just a weed whacker that you put over the grass and it cuts the grass like that. Oh hell no! There's a freaking saw blade on that motherfucker. I think that's the no. That's a weed whacker. I'm looking at the photo. Okay, I all right. The ones I've always seen had the rope, but whatever. So, anyways, it kills him. And they instantly have a funeral for them. And they're buried above ground in just piles of dirt. Yeah, so question, question. Why does their manager stay in this town once the band is dead? Because they buried them there. And then it almost seems like the manager tries to get in cahoots with the family. It's really, this is one of the most odd moments. Because he goes to dinner with the family at their house. And they're all laughing about, well, that was a nice funeral. 
and he's like, oh, they, my friends just died. I mean, he doesn't really seem broken up about well, it. Well, he yells at them a little bit, but then the head of the family, the father character, he starts saying, you know what? I need a young gentleman to help me out with my business. And it, I'm looking for someone strong-headed, like someone, are you looking for a new job now that you're, you're free? You're a free agent. Are you looking for a new job? And he's like, well, what would my job be? But before he can answer this, there's a red light that starts flashing on their dinner room, dining room table. And the father goes, oh my God, it's finally happening. It's finally happening. And they're like, calm down. He's like, calm down. I've been waiting 50 years for this. Oh my God. He rips off his face and he is Hitler. It turns out that the grandmother is Ava Brown. That okay. Hitler and Ava Brown didn't die. And and the band manager takes this pretty well. He goes, it can't be. Are you really him? And he says, yeah. Do you think I shot myself in that hole? Do you think I really would have done that? So he's like, Winston Churchill and made a pow. No, Truman. President Truman made a pact with me. That I can go into hiding if I, I left and pretended like I died. I, I committed suicide. So he made a pact with me. And me and my family, which I'm guessing is inbred. And now all I can guess is the guy with the camera and the, the dog, the hitchhiker girl, have had sex. And that the little people are their kids. And I think oh that's a, why the one is so mutated. Okay, I get that. That's because he says my grandkids. He says grandkids, yes. However, uh, okay. I, why would they incorporate Hitler into this movie at all? Because Number it's one, funny. And it that, is? Because this movie was a... Look, again, I think it's funny. I, I, this movie's making a mock on Grindhouse films. This was supposed to be a movie playing in a drive-in in another movie. So... This is a this is exactly what those grindhouse films used to joke around about. And I get Hitler it. Hitler was always in those grindhouse movies. Yes, he was. But I will. I mean, not to be nitpicky, wouldn't Hitler be like you and know ninety? He. That's what they said. No, he looked young. No, when he no before he had his face, they said I'm ninety years old. When they were having sex, he says, "Oh, I'm pretty good for a ninety year old." Oh, that's right. He did say that. Uh, yes, right. uh, and they explain it for, further a little bit later. But um, Jesus Christ. Uh, yeah, so <laughs> I am. I'm happy Ava that Brown, you're. You and find also, it funny. another Grindhouse joke is that she won't. She Wolf of the SS is always a thing in Grindhouse too. Yes, it that, is. That uh, women are always referenced as being the werewolf in the SS uh, like stuff and all Nazi stuff. And we've seen some really bad movies. There's a whole series of Ilsa films, and it's the worst shit I have ever watched. I don't know how people like it, but this. Her being a werewolf granny is a joke on that. So again, this is a grind, a bunch of grindhouse jokes put into one movie, and so I kind of respect it because it reminds me of like when Tarantino and Rodriguez try to do this, and you know, it, it, Eli Roth finally came out with Thanksgiving. But these movies, uh, I feel like this movie is exactly one of those movies. I don't this know is what I think that Rob Zombie joke one would have been. But this director didn't make anything else. Like, after this, I mean... Well, he was working on that one film, which was, like, his last movie. And this is a part of that movie, so this one came out first. Because the other ones that he, he did were, like, I, I mean, he worked on the Six Million Dollar Man. He yeah, he worked on a lot of TV. He wrote one episode of that. The Flying Nun. I mean, he, he's done, like, I don't know, things that 
that don't really scream grindhouse. Yeah, I know. That's why I think because I, the reason I keep bringing that up is because this was supposed to be a grindhouse film in another film. Like, that's right. You're right. You yeah, did say that. So that's why this okay. movie is that way. He actually made a big movie. Uh, what was that? Uh, River Niger? Is that what yeah. it is? Where um, huge cast, amazing cast. That's a James Earl Jones film. Mm. Uh, that shocked me that that guy did this movie. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, so, um, but yeah, get back into, back into the movie. He asked that guy to work for him as Hitler. And he has a whole speech where he brings him down into this bunker and he's a SWAT sticker. Now, the whole family now shows the real colors. They all have SWAT stickers on. They all have uh, the the whole outfits, the SS outfits and everything. It gets so out of control, cheesy and funny. And it's really corny. And uh, they don't like the, the manager's response. So they, they say, you're the first to die. So, but before they tie him up and at the same time, Cassie plays the song at the graves of the band. When my mama died, my daddy never cried for her. I can't figure it out. Because I'm crying for you. And I'll never stop crying for you. I swear it on your ring. And now this is when the band emerges in their KISS makeup with new clothes and they do the safety dance, basically. They all walk, they all march. Doesn't one of them actually have a, like a hard hat on? Yes. They're dressed like, two of them are dressed like Sergeant Pepper. Yeah, they are. But, and one but has the, a hard hat. The walk to going back it's to amazing. the house, like it, it's like um, a robot. I meets, said the safety dance, but yeah, yeah pretty meets much. Zombie they're like doing meets, Frankenstein. Yeah, yeah. But it, they're more like toy soldiers being wound that's up. What, yes, that's what they look like. That's what I was trying to get to. Yeah, the, the toy. <laughs> it's it's so wild. But the turn that this movie now makes is so crazy that it just makes me laugh my ass off. Because now the band is coming for revenge. Now you feel like this is the end of the film. And you can see why this was a little film supposed to be. Mm-hmm. But they added on. The last half of the movie feels like it's the added part. Um, the band goes and gets revenge and kills the whole family one by one. Yeah. And we get to watch them while also having flashes of them killing them. So we had to see like the flashback and the flash. They save the manager. And the manager freaks out and runs off and runs to the town ca- council as they're killing everybody in the uh, the house. Yep. They, he goes and tells the town council, oh my god, Adolf Hitler. And they say, what? And he's like, zombies, Adolf Hitler, everybody's dead at the house. <laughs> and they're like, what? And the cop goes, ah, I should go check on this. So he runs off. But the rest, this scene is so crazy but they have a comical this is virtually mel brooks in uh and it's a character there's like a an old jewish wise man that is in the town council with a actual stick 
Like he's got a walking stick that looks like a branch. Oh my god. He is so comical. This actor starts going into the whole thing. He's supposed to be that old man in all horror movies that says you're all doomed, which yeah. is what he says. He does say that. That's the only thing he actually said that I could understand. I could not understand the shit coming out of his mouth at all. He rambles that he knew this day was coming, that Truman made a pact with Hitler to allow him if he gave up he could live but in doing so he made him immortal as zombie is is the undead so him and his family are the undead and if they are killed they will come back as zombies yes and he's saying all this as he's dying this this old man keeps dying the sun keeps coming out it's of the amazing. window it's amazing he knows everything though he knows, he knows every, he's everything. that old man joke in every horror movie and they're like, what? <laughs> like, oh, wait a minute. What are you saying? <laughs> like, what, are you serious? And uh, we see it is serious because everybody goes to the house to check on the family. The family starts waking up as zombie versions of themselves. So we have a zombie werewolf granny. Uh, we have a zombie Hitler. We have a zombie uh, butler, not Tor Johnson. Yeah, who's a skinhead. Yeah, now we yep. know that why he looked like that. He was a skinhead. Uh, yeah, the camera, everybody, they're all back to life, and they bite all the town people, and they kill all the town people that come and see them, making them zombies. So now what we get is a zombie film, like a hardcore comedy version of a zombie film. Yeah, I mean, it, it looks, the makeup is terrible. It's so crazy. This is in the league with Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. Like, yeah, they didn't even that, try. It's that cheap that joke it's all so spoofy but i think a lot of it is really really funny so i mean it is it's wild if they had a little bit of a budget this could have been a, like a really funny film like i think it i wonder been what a, the budget was i can't find any of that i don't even know if this played in movie theaters because i can't find box office i can't find anything wow so um at the same time that there's the town people are becoming zombies and this is like a whole like a pandemic that starts with the zombies killing everybody in town. The band just goes and packs up their um, musician stuff and they go play for that producer. Well, they still have to do their audition, Scott. They do the audition. They set up an entire stage production. Death isn't going to stop them. It's true. And it, it, the uh, producer comes in and just is blown away by the best band that he's ever heard in his life. I was just loving the fact that they're in this theater and... This one guy is sitting in one of the theater seats. Now, it's like a, a big theater, like, you know, in uh, like on Broadway. And he's sitting in one of the theater seats, and I, I couldn't help but notice right next to him, he had, like, a little table with a lamp on it and about four or five, like, pictures in picture frames with a telephone on it. Like, if we were in his living room. It was yeah. hysterical. I'm like, why do we need this? <laughs> why is that there? There's no need for it to be there. He wasn't in, like, a box or anything. He was, like, literally just sitting in one of the seats in the theater. But yeah. he had that stupid table. I'm like, oh, right. This is to show us that he's important. Yeah. And, and also, the phone works as a megaphone. Because <laughs> he calls out to the band that he's going to get, he's going to make it look better. Oh I mean, God. they look amazing. They're all in these costumes. They have a jail cell around the drummer. I mean, uh, they, amazing they have, uh, hmm. fireworks going off, and he's like, oh, <laughs> "I'm going to make it look even re more real later." And uh, okay, 
so cutting back and forth between the insanity that is going on in the town while people are dying. And there's a lot of crazy shit. One of our favorite scenes is there's a woman who is trying his, her boyfriend is talking to her, talking in, her into sex and he might have cheated on her. So they're having a little bit of an argument. This is my favorite scene in the movie. <laughs> she, this character is so funny. And I love that they kept bringing her back in this film, but she sees um, the one guy in the, the bushes. She goes, what the hell is that? It's the most grotesque thing I've ever seen. It's like a normal little, guy. Isn't it the little person? Yeah, it's just one guy. She's like, it's so grotesque. Oh, my God. My mother has spies. <laughs> so the you hear that the boyfriend goes, I'll go get, I'll go look. So he runs out there and you just hear him screaming. And he, she goes, <laughs> what the hell is that? And then his head comes flying at her and she starts talking to his head. Like he, he she goes, are you okay? I mean, she's holding the guy's head. Decapitated head. And she's, she's like, like oh okay? my God, Arthur, are you okay? Is his name Arthur? I, I, think I, I cannot Arthur. remember, but she says it so oh many times. Oh my God. It is a running joke that keeps coming back through the entire movie from now on. Arnold. Arnold. Arnold, are you okay? Are you okay? <laughs> she's holding his severed head. And then uh, the, the guy comes back out. The guy killed arnold and takes his head and throws it into a car that just takes off we don't even know whose car this is and it does not make sense later on when it comes back uh she he just throws it in and she goes arnold get back here <laughs> so she runs out to her car and leaves and then we find out that she's chasing and then that the, the one zombie guy is following her he cannot walk he can he's hardly walking he's trying to chase this car um she, then we see later on in the movie, she has found the head because it was thrown into a grocery bag in someone else's car. And the daughter takes it out and she goes, he, she goes, how do we spend all this money? And she goes, well, how much was this, mom? And it was that decapitated <laughs> head. And she says, That was funny. Oh, my God. And then the, the, the woman rounds up and she goes, Arnold, get away from Arnold. Like, how was she at that house at that moment? I know. She's like, get away from my husband, my boyfriend. Like, I guess she followed them in her car because when... The head was tossed into the car. It was a totally different car that had no top. I know. It was like a silver, like, Chrysler or something. And it, there was, it was a convertible. But the the actual car that they show us was black. That was a convertible. It was, yeah. It wasn't it, even a convertible. It was. It was a convertible. Yeah, it Not was. the one that show, they get the groceries out of. Yes, it's it a full is. car. It's a, it's a convertible. I, I remember it. Okay. Uh, um... But she takes the head and she wants, she goes, can we use your phone and call the cops? She goes, not with that dripping blood everywhere. I just waxed my floors. She goes, oh, it's dripping? You're so oh right. Oh my God. Let me put them right down here for later. And then she goes, okay, that's much better. Yeah, I'm sorry I was going to drip blood on your wax floors. Anyways, you want to have a cup of coffee? And they go back in the house. And oh, the daughter man. just chucks the head. Like, I mean, any other kid would be, like, scared shitless. Like, oh, my God, that's she the just head. She chucks it. She goes, see you later, Arnold. And she chucks him. Oh, man. Th this actually comes back again when there's heads all over the street later on. And then uh, one of the zombies walks up to the head. And then she grabs the head away. And she goes, this is my boyfriend. Stay away from him. <laughs> you better never. I don't want to see you with him ever again. Oh. And then she gets finally killed. Uh, but... Uh, there's a lot of jokes in there. There's a whole premise of the ta the townspeople inside of a room trying to decide how we survive the night. Like, how do we survive this? And one of them comes up with an entire plan. He's like, 
zombies don't like heads. <laughs> what? And he's like, you know, they have a problem with heads because they're no longer able to think. So we can. So they're mad about it. Okay. So they actually what? don't want to go near heads. So if we print out these giant heads, we can walk around the streets with them. It didn't make any sense. And so they I, I do can't it. believe I just said that. That didn't make any sense. Nothing in this movie makes sense. <laughs> There's a whole scene of people trying to walk around with these giant heads. And the, some of the zombies are like, ew, from the giant heads. I mean, it is comical. I, I did like, it's so I, I did kind of chuckle a little bit. It's it's way over the top. But yeah, they the people that thought they were going to get away with, you know, printing out these pictures of like Elvis <laughs> Uh, there's it's one of Marilyn, there's one of Jimi Hendrix, yeah. John Lennon, yeah. John Lennon, they were just holding the, the big faces and heads, like, in front of their own heads, and just trying to walk through the zombies, which is amazing, because there's a whole different other direction that you could go, because all the zombies are, are just loitering in the street in one section. So they could have easily just gone around them, but they went through them, and the zombies became wise to their little ruse, and they, they killed all, all of the people. Well, they actually survived. take the heads and they put them on too and they infiltrate the guy who made the heads. Oh my God, it's amazing. There's another guy who's like, he's making steaks. And then one guy goes, those are fucking vampires, not, not zombies. <laughs> um, there's like a whole bunch of this stuff that's going on. Finally, one guy goes, hey, actually in the book it says that if you sacrifice a virgin at the moon, you should kill the, the zombies will all come to... Um, Defile her. What? And it'll stop the zombie, make the zombies leave you alone. Wait a minute. So they're like, we need a virgin. And then Cassie runs in exactly at that moment. And she's like, I need help. And they're like, oh, crap. But what was the reasoning of of sacrificing, of, of sacrificing Cassie? What is the reasoning? It's not like uh, the ritual will, like, turn them back human. No, there was a, there was a joke that. The zombies would leave you alone if you gave them a virgin at the moon. I oh don't God. know. But all I know is that every single zombie in town goes to have sex with Cassie on this tree that they tie her up to. And they're all walking toward her, like, in the desert. They're all humping. Uh, I was I, cracking up. I'm like, this is... I was like, okay, we're we're at the point of this movie where we've already been going for an hour and 20 minutes. So now it's just getting silly. It's getting sillier by I the second. That's what I love about it. It's, the whole ending was like completely silly. The the band they they play for the producer, but they don't want any money. They just want to go back to die. So they they go off the producer's man about the producer gets killed, mm-hmm. and uh, the band just goes and buries themselves again. And then the producer is sitting in the place, and uh, the band manager comes because he's trying to save Cassie. He's looking for the band. So he she, he wants to save her. He doesn't. He's like, I've come finally come to the conclusion that. I care about people and not money. And so all I want to do is save Cassie. And he doesn't know he's talking to the producer. That is a zombie. <laughs> and then when finally the zombie goes to bite him, he says, you suck, man. And everybody knows it. Everybody knows about it, man. Um, he runs off and he is able to find them dead in the graves. And he begs them to come help Cassie. I have the ring that you gave Cassie. She's in trouble. The zombies come out of the ground, the band, and they go, and they came up with a, come up with a plan to rock out one last time, and they rock out music 
that will drag the zombies toward them, which is the chant again. So they play that chant, and all the zombies stop trying to hump Cassie. And they all go toward the chant, which is they're leading the ch- with the chant. They're leading them into a mountain. It's like a it's like a mine, and it turns out that they lead all of them in there, and they trap all the zombies inside, and it's a gas chamber. Which I guess is just like it's supposed to be poetic justice for the Nazis. Yeah, like they get revenge on the Nazis with a gas chamber. And they gas them all, and the zombies apparently die from this. Yes, but not every zombie was a Nazi. No, but they're zombies at this point. It doesn't matter. Yeah, I, I guess you're right. I, I mean, am I questioning this? I know. <laughs> I have to also point out, throughout this movie, oh my God. the one mutant uh, little person or dwarf, well, I'm not sure, um, the one smaller mutated one is eating himself. Throughout the whole movie, he's cut to throughout the movie eating himself until he finally eats all of his flesh off. My favorite scene was when he was literally just a head. He's a skull. He's a skull. And he's he eats a, he's the rest a skull. Of his face off. And he eats his own face, but like like spaghetti. Like he sucks it up. Like yeah. <laughs> I, it kind of looks great. <laughs> I kind of love it. I, I it's so weird. That was funny. It's. <laughs> He's like at an Italian restaurant, and he's got like the tablecloth, and he every time they cut to him, he's eating a new he's body part. Dining, off. he's dining on himself. Yeah, there's one part where he's putting sugar on his guts. <laughs> oh god, he's putting mustard on his hand. Oh my god, it's so stupid. It's so stupid. I just love it. Um, well, they beat them, and uh, the manager, they go to the grave to say goodbye, and uh, the hand comes out and gives the ring back to Cassie. And they love each other. Oh, and she's Jesus. like, I'm always going to love you. I'll come back. I'll You're come always going to be the one. <sighs> and Finn. <laughs> I love it. I think this is a, this is exactly what kind of bad, when someone says what's so bad is good, this, this movie is definitely so bad it's good. You really think so? It is. I think it's a hoot. I think it's hilarious. I think you and I are on different pages on this one. I don't know why. I'm a little surprised by it. It is so wacky. It does all the things we want. I wish I laughed more. That's I all. don't know why you weren't. It's so funny. Like, it's so cheesy. It's so ridiculous. It's so over the top. And it knows it. I mean, yeah, I, it definitely is not taking itself seriously. That's one thing I do like about it. Like, I can't stand these kind of movies that, that do take themselves really seriously but um this uh, i don't know i mean a lot of this stuff is just not haha kind of laughter you know it it was slapsticky but not as slapsticky as that like that would make me laugh out loud i i don't know it's it's got all the things it's got like those checklists of things that you want to see in a bad movie that makes you smile it's got that music the the crazy band I, I I just love that kind of crap. Um, it's it's got bad special effects, bad makeup, just kind of like cheesiness, like them going all out. There's so many weird. We didn't even talk about the daughter interpretive dancing throughout the entire movie as a zombie, which is like almost like it wants to be um, uh, trash. Well, I don't know. I think this actually predates trash. 
Yeah, that was 1985, my favorite year for horror movies. Yeah, this might have came out in 85. It was filmed in 83. So that's odd. I mean, she's doing, she's a zombie and she's dancing in every scene. She's not butt naked like trash, but uh, she is in the street. They just cut to her constantly randomly dancing. Yeah, it's really weird. <laughs> I, it's just uh, that kind they, of stuff. They do a lot of stuff in this that's reminiscent of a lot of um, 1980s movies or even earlier way earlier like they even kind of do like night of the living dead a little bit you know where they, they're like barricaded in the basement type thing and that that kind of stuff but um i just thought like a lot of this was just goofy like it, it kind of had a lot of those those factors of like toxie the toxie movies were like they were trying really too hard oh I, and I it didn't, didn't land for me what i liked is they they played it like it was serious but they it the stuff that was coming out of people's mouths were so insane yeah it was never like a sound effect followed it like you know like it you know to tell you it's a joke right you know they were just like wacky wacky shit and it was just like completely playing it like oh no we're taking this seriously there's a love story here like, the, the music it, in this movie was, I, I feel like they, they just should have done better on this. I mean, oh, I think I'm not fun. getting hard rock zombies. No, but that's like, the point, right? That's how goofy it is. It was like elevator music. It I, was I, I think just it's crazy. It definitely works for me. Well, what do you, what are you giving this as score wise? That's a, um, look, it's a still a bad movie. It is like, yes, it's, it's, bad. it's badly made. It's not, there's a whole scene where you can see the microphone on everybody. Like you can see the boom mic in the shadow. It's so cheesy to look at. It looks so bad. It, it, there's a lot of stuff like that in this movie. So uh, definitely saying it's a bad movie, but it's so bad. It's good. It gets elevated. I always talk about the it, something gets elevated when it's so bad it's good. Yeah. This is a perfect four. <laughs> oh, my God. A four? Four is what I always give uh, so bad it's good. Uh, all right. I, I'm going to say I'm, I, I didn't really care much for it as, like you did. I, I, I thought it was, a, you know, there's some things that I was like, oh, okay, the, the, some things were funny, like the guy eating himself, and there are some funny moments oh, in there. Yeah. But... I am going to have to go three on this. Okay. Yeah. I mean, uh, of all this month so far, you don't think this is one of the better ones? I'll tell you this, okay? I'll tell you this. I, I could sit through this one much easier than I could with some of the other ones. The other ones were so cringy that... I a lot of them, I, I just... I, I was like, come on, is this going to be over anytime soon? Like, I, I can't... But with this one, I was like, all right, I can get to the end of this and be fine. Yeah. So I guess that changes my score a little bit. So I, I guess I'm going to have to give it a four if I think in those terms. Well, that's my thing. Like, would you watch this one again over any of the others? Or yeah, is there another I would. one? Yeah, because I was going to say, I would never watch like Artemis Fowl, The Son of the Mask. Definitely not Barbarella. There's no reason there. No. Um, I think that I would watch this one again because this one does make me laugh. This is a background party movie. This is a movie where people have beers and they laugh. I I would put this on that list of like this is funny. Like this is so weird. It's so surreal, but it isn't like boring. Never once am I bored. No. All right, you talked me into the four. You actually said uh, during the end of this movie, you actually said to me, "How mo how long was this? Only forty minutes." It and didn't like, have it's an that hour and a half. Yeah, it didn't have that long feel. That's 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 what I'm also telling you. That's impressive. why I said I could sit through it 
I could sit through this one much easier than a lot of the other ones. Like, I, I was just waiting for Artemis Fowl to be over. I'm like, please. Oh, yeah. God, oh, can yeah. we just push along? Well, we, we were sitting there more in bafflement with that. We were just trying, what is happening? Who is this? Yeah, what is it, that? it was just and too much. Son of the Mask is just like, ugh. Now, that was slapstick humor. Yes, that just that's bad. It hit. didn't land. This, to uh, me, lands. That doesn't. Yeah, you're right. Okay, I'll, I'll go four on this. Um, and that brings us to our segment of why we can't have nice things, which is um, I'll show you two extremes of online reviews and how the internet destroys the movie rating system. So I'm going to give you one one-star review and one ten-star review of Hard Rock Zombies. and I love that there's a ten. There's several tens. God, several, awesome. several tens, yes. But this one, um, I'm going to start with the 10. So this one is titled Badass Movie. The hell with all of you who put this film down. This is a cult classic. Mr. Curcio did a great job as Jesse. The other guys in the band, especially the drummer, had a tough time pretending to play their respective instruments. But not Jesse. He looked like a real... Real deal, hard rocker. I actually agree with that. It does look like he's doing everything. I, I don't think he's yeah. singing, right? No. This is a fun movie to watch and have a good laugh. This is the movie that made me a musician. And 15 years later, I'm a professional musician. This movie was made in 1985, so don't expect Return of the Living Dead Zombies. You have to understand that Z, Z movies are meant to be fun, not overly analyzed. People love the Toxic Avenger till this day. Do you think wow. this movie has award-winning camera shots? Hell no. But it does have a carefree quality to it, which is much closer to real life than all these flicks which come out today, where everyone is a martial arts expert or can practically fly through the air. Yeah, okay. All you Matrix crouching tiger clones, why doesn't anyone criticize that? Just watch the movie and stop being a damn critic. That's a 10 out of 10. Now, okay, sir, first of all, don't tell me to stop being a damn critic. If you're giving this movie a 10 out of 10, that means you're telling me that this is a flawless movie. One of the best movies ever made in all of all time. Okay, that's a 10 out of 10. So what you're saying is this movie is fucking perfect. Yeah, I mean, it's that thing, right, where these people are like, I like it, so it's perfect. Now, if you even did, though he pointed out that it had flaws, okay, but if he did any fucking research, he would know. With he says this movie was made in 1985, so don't expect Return of the Living Dead zombies. Well, excuse me, Return of the Living Dead came out in 1985, so I don't know what the hell you're talking about. Do some research, number one, and also Toxic Avenger knew exactly what it was. It was a piece of crap, and they never denied that at all. They they. Everything was a joke. Everything was ridiculous and over the top, and they knew exactly what they were doing. So, I, I don't know what this guy is even saying. Here's the thing about this guy's review. I agree with what he's saying. I just don't agree with the 10. You know, it's that extreme. It's going to the to the bar where you don't really need to go that far. There's a possibility of having a middling and still knowing that it's fun. You can like it. But no, it's not, like, perfect. That's what I'm trying to say. Like, this is a 10 out of 10. Okay, some of the points you're making, I get you. I understand this. Yeah. I get it. I get it. But if you're, you're still saying that this is a, a perfect movie, it is not. You can still enjoy this movie and think it's it's fun and have a great time with it and give it 
even a, a five that's being generous. You could still do that. This is not a 10 star movie at all. It's not even a, a seven star movie. This is a, if you want to go mediocre at best, that's pushing it. That's pushing it. This movie is not a 10 star movie at all. So that he, this guy just annoyed me with that review. <laughs> um, but anyway, one out of 10, here we go. This is titled Why. I have seen some horrible movies in my life. This film, if it can even be called that, is the most worthless film I have ever suffered through. I would like to meet the writer of this film just for no other reason but to ask what the hell they were thinking. How is Hitler still alive? How could music on its own make zombies? I feel stupid saying this, but in Weekend at Bernie's too, it sort of made sense. I was also wondering if anyone else noticed that the lead singer is in his 20s and making passes at a bar barely teenage girl. In summation, the movie is improbable and utterly disgusting. I warn all potential viewers to spare themselves the impending lobotomy. One out of ten. Good lord. Yeah, I, I can see why someone wouldn't understand some of the little laid out plot that's not like hammering it in. It's just kind of said in the background like, hey, I found a book and I can uh, I have a, a chant that's supposed to bring back the dead. Wink, wink, you know, and it actually does. I can see someone missing that. I can mm -hmm. see that, uh, you know, some people would say they missed why Hitler's still alive, you know, stuff like that. Yeah, I'm... I don't think this movie is a one. Uh, no, not even. Cl it's it's cheesy. It, it's doing what it's supposed. Like it's a movie that does exactly what it wants to do. It's making a ground a grindhouse flick for fun and joking around in the vein of a spoof movie like Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. I enjoy for that aspect, and I and I well, look. I get it. Somebody who's seen something that they really love. Um, I'm wearing a Hellraiser shirt right now, and you're wearing a Blob shirt. Um, I, there's people who love those films, but there's always going to be that, that one person that's expecting, you know, they hear it's good. So they go watch it. You know what I mean? That person is probably a fan of something like, like Hellraiser. Mm -hmm. And then they go and see Hard Rock Zombies for the first time. And they're like, what the fuck? Like, yeah. this is junk. I get it. Like, I get why someone would say this is a one. It, if you're going and you're looking at it, the other guy gave it a 10 and knocked Crouching Tiger. Mm -hmm. You know, it, 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 some people don't want that high art. Some people don't want that. You know what I mean? Some people are looking for it and then some people aren't, you know? And so there is that side, but the, the extremes of giving ones and tens is where it has a problem. Yeah, I mean, I've like, had a lot of problems with this movie, but I also found some things, you know, kind of exactly. funny about yeah. it. So like, there's good and bad in everything. And as much as I, I want to say that, I, you know, this is so bad, it's good. I'm still teetering on that. I'm I'm not really I'm so sure. surprised by it because I think it's a, like a lot of fun. I, I'm surprised that you didn't connect with it as, again on the second watching as I did. I don't know. I guess because a lot of it just didn't hit with like, you know, I just I wanted them to be more like metal, I guess, instead of like... Their music was so cheesy and, and elevator-ish. I, I just didn't like it. Like, you can't call this movie Hard Rock Zombies when they literally are doing elevator music. And, and was... see, I had the opposite of that because it made me laugh harder because 
the fact that everybody's like so revolted by their music in the sense that it's gonna rot their children's minds and it's so fluffy and sweet is just so weird to me. Like it's just such an off put that it made me laugh harder. Yeah, and I I too I I definitely um I can appreciate that. I can. But like when I've seen movies like getting back to it again, like, you know, Return of the Living Dead and all those, they play like party like party rock like party metal you know mm-hmm. and um i just like that like when you're when you have a horror movie and you have like the tone is like zombies and monsters and stuff i like the the, the metal in there like even if it's cheesy 80s metal like a lot of my horror movies have i just i feel like i'm fulfilled so you were saying something like you're a total sweetie get you know <laughs> I was gonna sing the oh, spastic call are you you going again, to? Uh, I'm a virgin girl yeah. I'll wait till I'm married <laughs> spastic colon was it, they were fantastic because of Johnny I, I see that. there you go I mean, that was so odd but that they was weren't coming off as like hard rock they were coming off as just well it goes into heavy metal after that he, they get a heavy metal guitarist I well he just See, that's where they were. They went wrong. It's like he just—I love that movie. I could talk uh, about it for days. I, I do, love I that too. movie. But um, this yeah. one—I don't know. All right, so we're both saying it's not the worst movie ever made. No. So what is um on our list? We've been doing um putting movies in. We're ranking them of what the worst is we've watched so far since we've done this. We are now up to twenty-two movies. This is the twenty-third on our list. Um. Which is crazy that we already got 23 movies on our list. Oh my god. Uh, we both said that we wouldn't watch Artemis Fowl. We would watch this over Artemis Fowl. So I think that this is going to land right at number 15. Uh, which would be between Artemis Fowl and The Exorcist Believer. Oh god. Yeah. Okay. Yep. You agree with that? Yep. Yeah, yep. I think so too. Alright. Oh boy. So that is... The Hard Rock Zombies. That's February. Everybody's suggestions knocked out. And I'm glad we ended with, to me, what is a higher note. Because we were descending into madness up to this one. Uh, we came off the Toxic Avenger movies, which was a descent into madness. I feel and like then, I need therapy after that. And then coming into Artemis Val, the son of the mask, and then Barbarilla, we kept descending even more. Yeah. So now we're, we got, I think this was a little bit of a pickup into what we'd like to do more of. Like movies that are just so weird and silly and bizarre. I definitely had more fun with this one than Son of the Mask. That that movie was just trash. Yeah, and it was kind of like, you know, it's especially when it's a comedy. Comedies are the toughest movies to talk about. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm glad this is what we ended on. Next month, we'll going into uh, another theme. And uh, that's probably going to be for St. Patrick's Day. And uh, we'll see where that torture leads us. <laughs> uh, but thank you for listening, everybody, as always. Um, always love to hear your opinions or your thoughts. Uh, hit us up on social media. I am Just Another Movie Night on Instagram, and Joe is at The Crafty Misfit. She's crafting us some fun things. Go check it out. And uh, thanks again for listening, and have a good one. Bye. I don't know what I'm going to do. I may lose it. No, you'll, you'll never see me with another woman. Never. Do you promise me? Never. Kiss me. Kiss me again. It was a little thing in the bush! Oh, you scared me!
so gross! Oh my god, I think my mother has spies. Yes. You better go check it out. Here, take this. He may be armed. Oh, I don't believe this. I do not believe this. 